Welcome to Under the Blanket, and I am your host, Baba Here Love, and we are under Miraji's blanket in his heart, where we see, as he says, Subak, it's all one, and um, I'm noticing that I was just on Facebook, and sometimes Facebook triggers me uh, on the ego level. And, you know, I find that is great to help me let go of attachments and aversions and desires and ego trips. And it was all about, you know, Facebook comments. I'm sure someone out there can relate to getting triggered by Facebook comments and so on. And then uh, as I let that go, I was like, wow, you know, look at all these different perspectives. You got one person giving advice on a Ramdas page to hold on. You know, which is kind of the opposite of Ramda saying, let go, don't cling. But that's great. You know, why not? You, Some people, they might need to go on that trip. And that's where they're at. And that's the stage they're at. And I presented a different point of view uh, that holding on would create suffering. And that's not great advice. And that maybe another person needed to hear that part. And then someone said this and someone said that. And, you know, uh, it goes to, you know, who needs to go to. So I thought that'd be an interesting way to start the show. And today I have uh, Rich on the show for the first time. Say hello, Rich. Hello. Hey. <laughs> Good to have you on the show. It's nice being here. Thank you. All right. So um, how about we start out with um, how did you start uh, finding the path at some called or awakening or becoming conscious or getting into this sort of stuff? If you could tell a little of your story and we'll go from there. Well, I was, uh, I did truck driving for a few years and I became like obsessed with audible books and I got very into just listen, like, cause I drive 11 hours a day. So <clears throat> why not spend your time learning about science and, you know, different motivational speakers and different spiritual processes, you know? So I listened to a lot of, uh, Ram Dass, Alan Watts, um, just a lot of books and then i started doing i I listened to the book by michael polan (laughs) and i really wanted to try different psychedelics that i hadn't tried before so i decided to try the toad 5-meo dmt and it had a huge impact on my life it made me just really appreciate like the the details in the world um, and I mean, I guess that's where I went. And I kind of, I did go a little deep into spiritual has like a dark side. You know what I mean? Like a very egotistical side where you yeah, kind of. Uh, the spiritual ego or uh, that kind of thing or, you know, the dark night of the soul as some call it or that kind of stuff. Yes. You, you almost begin to feel like you're, you're, you're more important. You know what I mean? Like you understand more you're more knowledgeable therefore you you're you're more valuable you know what i mean it's definitely <clears throat> spiritual ego as as some people call it. i i term it that and uh, ramdas has written a lot about that he went through it himself things like you, that maybe not exactly what you said but things like that you know and you do see a lot of people like in the psychedelic community who are like that like they they think that they're like some awakened one and they're more important than everybody else 
And I think that kind of took me out of kind of um, like almost made me go away from spirituality. You know what I mean? Like I just started to see all these people act like they have these special powers. And, um, it's just, I don't know. I'm just trying to live a good life now, be a good person. You know, I'm glad you brought up this topic because this is a big, not only in New Age communities or psychedelic communities, but Eastern, everywhere you look in these spiritual communities, this stuff comes up. In fact, it's it's more common to to find people like that, I, at least it seems like, than to find people that are humble or, uh, you know, saying, you know, like just being a part of it all, just... Uh, you know, truly, uh, you know, like Ramdas said, becoming nobody special, either working on becoming nobody special or getting in that state of nobody specialness and all that. It seems like even in the Ramdas community, all of it, you find this kind of spiritual ego. And here's my perspective on it, Rich, you might enjoy this, is that, you know, you, you transcend the ego, whether through psychedelics or a new age practice or Eastern practice, whatever. And you taste this glimpse of oneness or maybe not oneness, you glimpse astral planes. You glimpse other planes of reality. Uh, maybe you have uh, meet other entities that tell you amazing things. Maybe you have an out-of-body experience. Whatever it is, whether it's through meditation or psychedelics, it's amazing and it gives you that transcendence from this separate self. And you might go into a different kind of separate self of a spiritual separate self like you're a starseed or you might get into like an astral body or you fly around and have all these powers and all that's that's all great or you might even go into the oneness and see this glimpse of that it's all one but then what seems to happen to a lot of people is after that happens all of a sudden sneaking around and patting on on the back is your ego and now the ego has morphed into this new kind of ego that's decorated. I like to pick on the new age community, not out of a sense of dismissing them because it's fun. You know, it has crystals and chakras and it's empath and star seed and, and light worker. And, uh, it knows everything about astrology and it's law of attract, uh, using law of attraction to get all this money. And maybe all that's true, but is it worth it? Because it's just another, uh, it's an ego trip that gives you probably for a lot of people, a lot of, uh, you know, loosening up of the heaviness of the physical plane where you stub your toe and people die. It's like this old age and all that kind of stuff. But you know, uh, how, how did you manage to stay into this after seeing all this, uh, in the spirituals or psychedelic community? Well, I, I believe it's it's a process, and I think I sometimes catch myself like almost being a little snarky on like on Facebook with people like, but then I kind of my ego does step back, and I realize that this is kind of just a process for everybody. Uh, I felt like I even myself went into that process, and I still go through it here and there, like. I'm not a perfect person. Obviously, none of us are. Um, it's actually funny because yesterday, this person uh, sent me a message on Facebook after I posted that picture of myself. And they said, I could tell by your energy that you think you're better than everybody else. And I was like, you've never 
met me you've never talked to me you've never even seen me in a video how like how are you telling me that you well, know how you know, I, I think that person uh before you go on that person was probably projecting their own ego trip onto you and uh that was something they were dealing with it and it helped them to deal with it saying you were the one with the ego trip you know that's true yeah i like that but um yeah, so I, I do go back to the, the um, I, I went to a couple shaman, and when I did the 5-MeO-DMT, the secretion of the Sonoran Desert Toad, um, I remember the 20-minute experience, it was as if my, my entire being just fragmented into trillion particles and just became spread around the world like i felt like i was everything like but there was no me there was no me to even have human emotions be scared uh like i wasn't sad it was just like this total peace and oneness and i just i go back to that experience a lot and i probably plan on doing it again pretty soon but yeah, yeah, that that is uh, beautiful the way you described that, and uh, you know, um, it what helps to say that that person that was like saying uh, about you think you're better than people. Uh, sometimes it, it might help people out there that may be listening that struggle with this. I know I struggle with stuff like this, all kinds of ego trips and so on. Is see that it's all our stuff. You know, so if maybe you notice an ego trip in someone else, but remember, that's you. You, you, the, their ego trip is your ego trip. It's all our stuff. So mm. what? You know, you, do you want to separate us? I mean, uh, recognize that it's all our stuff. So any, the most lost being an ego, is one. Like you were saying about the oneness, is one with the most realized, fully realized being. Neem Kral Baba, my guru said. Subek, it's all one. So apply that to all this. I mean, if someone's hung up, that's you that's hung up. If someone's starving in Africa, that's you that's starving in Africa. This whole thing is not about, you know, uh, this separation. And and if this person's projecting onto you this thing that you aren't encountering in your own consciousness, you know, we let's have compassion for him because or her. You know, because they're probably going through all kinds of ego trips of superiority. And maybe they're so self-deluded that they don't even see that. Imagine how difficult that must be for them. Imagine it's how true. isolated and alienated they feel. You know, and I, I thought I'd uh, share something, Richard. I had a dream last night about my own spiritual ego tripping that might help mm -hmm. some listeners out there. Is it all right if I share it? Of course. All right. So I wrote this on Facebook. Just got back from the astral plane. And here is a dream I had. I was in a mental hospital. That's where I probably belong. Oh, no, no. <laughs> it looked like a classroom, and I was busy working on a video for Facebook where I was sharing something similar to Ramdas while splicing in spiritual dancing video clips from YouTube. Ramdas was at the hospital looking like he did in the 1980s. And I recall him teaching a man about consciousness in a relationship. Yet I cared more about the technical aspects of the video than Ramdas being in the same room. 
so lost in the ego trip of deep fascination about creativity. Instead of being conscious, I was lost in the creativity where my incarnation was, ironically speaking, about spiritual awakening. Missing this whole teaching that is occurring. So anyway, I see, uh, you know, I think that is this path. This path is catching ourselves on ego trips. And yeah, we could catch other people on ego trips. That's fine too. But remember, it's all our stuff. So we're all trying to walk each other home, as Ramdas said. We're not trying. We just, we are walking each other home. And I just find what helps me is when you catch yourself on an ego trip, it's not a failure. It's a victory. There you are. Who's aware of that ego trip? That's that mm-hmm. awareness. That's that witness. And you could return to the here and now. And you could say, oops, I fell on my face again. And I picked myself up, brushed myself off, and walk on. And that's, uh, that is this process. Until we're fully cooked with all the seeds of desires and attachments and aversions, we're going to get lost in ego again. But could you imagine that the falling asleep in the duality and the awakening to oneness and the falling asleep is all this huge in a grand cosmic scale part of the awakening, you know? Oh, yeah, I agree. That, that was beautifully said. Yeah. And when you, it's funny when you brought up like the, um, it's not funny, actually, but early, you said something about like African children, like not being able to eat. I've, I always find it interesting that people here in the United States will complain about a cartoon or a book character that has absolutely no effect on their life whatsoever while there's like actual they're like complaining while there's actually people that are have not had water or food in days and are just on the verge of death i just find it mind-blowing that people will complain about Pepe Le Pew, like not being in a certain <laughs> cartoon. It's just like almost mind blowing to me that that people's values. It's almost as if like I, I feel like I'm living in like the the twilight zone sometimes. Like when I just go through like Facebook posts on <laughs> what people are saying, I'm like, do you like know like what's going on with like this? Isn't uh, <laughs> I don't even know how to 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 describe it you know what i mean well, maybe the word poignant is the, uh, i hear that word thrown around in the ramdas community a lot it seems to be the perfect word to describe all our situations that we're doing our best and you know you're right about it you know yeah i could see where they're coming from pepe Le Pew is uh uh you know not <laughs> respectful towards women and all that and it kind of can promote rape culture on that level and I could see that perspective, but, you know, is that worth writing a New York Times article about? Is that worth getting up in arms about? Um, no, I wouldn't say that that is a permanent issue. You know, or being you, or being angry about it. Yeah, both sides, really. Like the people that did sides, it yes, and yes. the people that are getting angry about it. It's like, it's just crazy. Yeah, I know. It's the both sides. It's the one side that's writing the New York Times article and saying it's promoting rape culture and let's ban it. And then it's the other side that's saying, don't ban it. It's so, I love it. And then they post all these photos of, I saw someone posting Pepe Flapu stuff and say, don't take away my cartoons. It's like, <laughs> is this has to do maybe with some people who are bored, maybe in the West. I mean, we have everything handed to us on a certain level. We could have every sensual gratification. We have these 
smartphones where we like pull up porn sites if we want that or buy stuff online delivered right to our door and we can have all kinds of food even if with low income people can live pretty yes. good in the west and you got this that and the other thing get all this stuff going on and uh, you could learn any kind of book all over the world and just have it in your hand uh, and in your phone in seconds now i'm not talking about really low income people in america or whatever i'm talking about you know certain yeah lower people, middle class lower class Lower, like, like what depends what level, because the lower class in the United States, certain levels of it um, can live pretty good with family support and so on. Like, I know I'm I'm technically just a little above the poverty line. I live great. I feel me and the, compared to someone in the third world that lives on a dollar a day. I think there's no comparison. Right. I feel yeah. like I live like a king. I mean, it, it might as well enjoy it. Right. Mm hmm. Yeah. Well, I spent uh, a couple of years like living in the mountains. Uh, I did the Appalachian Trail a couple times, and I did it with almost no money. Like I, I literally spent like six months out in the woods, in two separate two back-to-back -back years, and like with a combined like seven hundred dollars. <laughs> like, Wow. And like, I just, it, what happened was the community helped me, like all the other hikers out there helped me. Um, I was very smart about getting uh, SNAP benefits, like food stamps. So, cause yeah, all yeah. you really need out in the mountains, if you have like 200, $250 worth of, of food benefits, you could survive. You know what I mean? Yeah, 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 exactly. I mean, you see, um, you know, uh, people have commented about certain people. Um, in America, say they're really heavy, you know, they're um, in certain places, the South, especially in the third world, that kind of poverty is very different. You don't see them, you know, uh, going to Walmart wearing, wearing 500 pounds. It's all these different levels of suffering, though. There's a kind of there's so much suffering to that kind of lifestyle, as well as the poor person in, in Africa, as well as the rich billionaire. In fact, Maybe that is the worst kind of suffering to sit there with billions of dollars and be and not be able patient. to do anything. They yeah, I mean, I mean, they I, can't go to the store. They can't like, they can't even drive their car around. Like, do you think like people like Bill Gates doesn't have the freedoms that we have? <laughs> yeah, I I look at them almost as like I I would maybe be rather living in India with no money, a little bit of money, or just bare basically scraping than Bill Gates. Because imagine the sense of alienation, having that much money, having to chase everything, having to be Mr. Vaccine guy and buy up all this land, get more power, more power, more money, more, get on this TV show and that TV show. Imagine how when he's alone in the bathtub, his golden bathtub shitting on his golden toilet, imagine how sad he feels. Imagine how isolated and alienated he feels. I'm surprised they don't blow their brains out. I really feel bad for these people. And I, yeah, well, I, obviously yeah. we should tax them and share the money, but come on, these people are suffering. You know? Yeah. I mean, everybody really is right. In some, in some regard. Well, that brings us to the, the, what I always refer as the first noble truth of the Buddha. You know, he said life is suffering. It's built into the system, you know, and we have, um, all this, this situation where we have uh, old age and then we have sickness and then we, uh, we get what we want and then we lose it because it's in the world and we lose everyone we know. And uh, if we chase for it in the external world, which most people do, no matter what level of money, they look for it with achievement or they look for it with sex or look for power or they survive. Every, they're always looking for They're never looking within themselves, most people. And 
that that's a lot suffering's built into that and you know our culture reinforces it's out there it's out there so everywhere you look there's suffering and yet on the other hand um you could see how suffering great suffering can awaken people some people have suffered greatly and that leads to their awakening so there's all different ways to look at it that is true it's just it's a bunch of uh obstacles just over and over and then you, you figure out the obstacle and then you, f- you feel really good about it. And then another obstacle comes. It's just, it's like, it's almost like a, you ever see like those wavelengths? I feel like that's kind of life in a sense. It's like these wavelengths of up and ups and downs. You cross the obstacle, now it's downhill and it just, everything's easy. You figured it out. You get to the bottom and you, you hit the other mountain. You hit the other mountain, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, I, I like that analogy. Yeah. Well, you know, it's like I was watching this movie, uh, Becoming Nobody. Uh, I feel uh, probably the best Ram Dass film about his teachings, maybe not about his life, but about his teachings. And it has all these really cool imagery of birds flying and people shaking hands. And it's very surreal and psychedelic in certain ways. And, uh, you know, there's a part where he says, you know, once you see suffering as grace, it feels like cheating. And I remember having that same feeling of you're cheat. I'm cheating when I was sitting there and I was having this kind of suffering and not maybe my arms not cut off, not starving in the street. But it was the suffering I was going through, even though it was subtler, mm-hmm. it, it did feel like grace. It felt like it was polishing the mirror and it felt so beautiful. And I was really on one level not suffering and witnessing it and just being here now and the other part that was suffering was just working at my ego and i could see how it can be grace you know so um that's beautiful it felt like cheating though i was like am i allowed to uh, like get off on this suffering you know i I got what experience (laughs) yeah i need to watch that i need to check that out Oh, well, I highly recommend it. I mean, I think you have to rent it for like $5 or something. Um, you can Is it on like Prime or something? One of those. I, I got it on Vimeo. Okay. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, just yeah. Message, message that to me afterwards and I'll, I'll look into it. Oh, cool. I'll, do, I'll remember to do that. Yeah. It's like, uh, I do remember, you know, and um, it, also it's hard to to really get all this from the perspective of being not remembering all our journey. Like, you know, when you go into this human birth, most people don't, this is it, you know, go, they say YOLO, right? Like you only live once, you know, you get <laughs> all the pleasure you can. You li- you look at Pepsi ads and you say, it says live in the now. And that's how they take being here now. <laughs> so I live in the now and now I get the pizza. Now I watch the porn. Now I turn on the, the, the Netflix and binge watch that. Now I go to the bar and now I go to the club. Now, you know, just that's the kind of now. And uh, then that I YOLO it up. I write my bucket list out. I got every experience I could possibly imagine there. And I, you know, rape, pillage, and steal whatever I got to do to get those experiences. And, <laughs> you know, uh, that's what it's all about. Hokey pokey, right? And, uh, you know... Uh, that's how could that be possible when it's when you see that it, you have all these different this is just one life there's infinite levels and there's infinite lives and there's infinite everything and we're all of it and we're nothing and it just puts a different perspective on it you don't have to 
keep chasing the experience, right? Mm-hmm. I, I do believe that, like, when I did the, um, the toad medicine I was telling you about, I began to theorize on, like, what happens after death, because it felt like I was experiencing death, because it was, like, like I was gone, you know what I mean? Yeah. And, like, most of my psychedelic experiences since then are, like, very hard to explain, but they're, like, experiencing life at, like, a molecular level. Like, you know, carbon-based life form and just connecting onto other life form and kind of working up this, like, chain link of life does that make any sense to you it's it's hard to explain because it's it's really it sounds beautiful to me it makes sense as far as how i look at psychedelics i feel you know of course they could get you to these astral planes and you could see bright colors and trippy stuff but for the people that use it spiritually they get you that place you were describing that fractaling into everything so you're you're not separate and that's a glimpse though you go and you glimpse this oneness but it's temporary. So you get like maybe two, three hours in the oneness, but you come down. And then, um, so, but that's useful, right? So you see this possibility, you glimpse this reality. And if you could trust that and have faith in that experience, then you could start to do the practices that um, aren't psychedelic. I'm not saying never do psychedelics again, but you'll start to meditate, you'll start to be in the moment, you'll start to appreciate. Um, you know, uh, different practices and methods. And then every once in a while, you might return to a psychedelic to get that glimpse. And then you could let go of that experience eventually because um, that becomes yeah. a trap eventually uh, using well, that I experience. Haven't, I haven't really done psychedelics. Uh, yeah. Like, uh, the last one I did was I did like uh, like the S-isoketamine probably yeah, yeah, I've tried five or six before. months ago. That's That's a pretty psychedelic... Like, I remember I tried it when I was a kid. Like, I did, like, little small amounts, and you'd kind of feel, like, woozy and almost like a cleaner type of drunk feeling. Yeah. But when, when you do, like, a higher dose of that stuff, like, you you do go into, like, other planes and get very vivid visions. It's pretty, pretty interesting stuff. Uh, absolutely. So, uh, you know, uh, the, what, what uh, so eventually the psychedelics push you on this path and all that kind of stuff, and and they're helpful. Um, I think sometimes people get hung up about them in the sense that appreciating this moment, that just resting in your being, just being right here with your breath, and it may not be bright colors and, and all this intense other worlds and all that, but just the being here in a human body, looking uh, at, say, a flower, and just being with the flower. Sometimes you could a person, not you or me, but another person could uh, hold on to that experience. And when they're just meditating and being with the flower, they, it, they're comparing it. They're not, they're like, well, this wasn't like when I did so-and-so on this and that on the mountaintop and so on. But, you know, it all depends on the person. There's many different ways of the mountain, but the view on the top is the same. And that brings us to the end of the show where we are on the top of the mountain, of course, in this here and now and it's all god and drag so this was just god talking to god and uh i really appreciated having on the show rich this was very helpful for me um 
to be no, I appreciate you. I thank you so much from the bottom of my heart. Thank you. All right, this has been Under the Blanket with your host, Bobby Here Love. Remember, be here now.